This is Power Athlete Radio. All right, my With your host, Denny K, Professor Booty, and the Luke Summers. And now, Hips locked, shoulders set, and retract those scapulas. It's time for some knowledge bombs. Hello, welcome to Power Athlete Radio. This is Denny. I'm here with Tex and Luke. Steve's on special assignment. Uh, he's undercover. We'll hook up with him next week. Gentlemen, how we doing? Great. Not bad. What's uh, what's the latest story coming out of PAHQ? I, I see uh, the team series got some some new information. Yeah, we just have uh, we got another sponsor on board to donate some crawlers, and turns out that we have a second place fly, second place prize where uh, you know if you're not if you can't take it home on the crawler event, then uh, you have an opportunity to practice because now you have the equipment. You know, it's a shame we couldn't get these out to Steve before his event. He went in there. He went in there flying blind. He didn't even have a crawler. They were, what were they pushing again, Denny? Weren't they pushing like a, a bag of rocks or something? It's it's something. Yeah, it's like something he made in his garage. It was some a, kind of contraption. You know, I I visualized something out of the Saw movies. It was a it was a bench press that he kind of put some put some slide sliders on there. So some skis. It's uh, it's pretty homemade. You got to check it out. He's got to send yeah. it. Back. Tech, you were you went out there to train with Steve, right? I, I did. I was traveling through Atlanta, driving through on my way down to Austin, and just figured Atlanta's halfway, so I'll say what's up to Steve, meet the the face behind the radio, and just put in some work with him. Show his CrossFit coaches a thing or two, and hopefully they they implement it. So we'll see. Yeah, he so, was. He was telling me you showed him some cool warm-ups on his uh, – well, I, I assume you guys did some kind of bench pressing because that's what he texted me, that um, there was a cool warm-up progression you showed him. Yeah, we're uh, it's it was a Jimmy Buffett. We're going to toss that into our series of videos. So we all know Steve's got some bench press problems. So I, I showed him just a warm-up that's really going to help with his kind of – mobility and stability in that shoulder girdle. And I think after one or two reps, he was already awoken and had some pretty nice posture. Nice. Nice. Uh, well, you know what? Let's back up a second. Um, let's get the story be- behind Tex McQuilkin, <laughs> the, the, the super coach from out East. Beast. What, coach. Uh, what's going on? What give it, tell us a little bit about yourself. I, uh, I moved to DC for, for school. I was a lacrosse player and just kind of stumbled upon CrossFit somewhere along the way. And then in grad school, I was coaching lacrosse and CrossFit wasn't going to work for us. And by chance, I found CrossFit football summer 2009 and I fell in love with it. So I had these players that I could use as guinea pigs and really practice my coaching. I thought it was great. So I knew I had to get to a cert as soon as I could. And that really changed direction and everything. So I even went away from what I was studying in school to focus on strength and conditioning. And really the way that John and Raf just presented the information that was, that was everything. So seeing their investment, their just composure and belief in this material that really 
set my path to become strength and conditioning coach. So I, uh, after school, I became a head coach at a CrossFit gym. And after a few months, we really picked up membership and we could bring on another coach. And I had met Callie a few times and this is when I reached out to her and I knew she was the, the second half of our program. So I invited her to come train with me. I told her about CrossFit football and what we did at our gym. And she, after a while, she finally got on board with what we were doing. And it was, uh, it was a perfect match. Mm-hmm. She, yeah, she had what you couldn't teach as a coach. So I knew she would just fall in line. Like as we've, we've seen her personality really come out on the radio show. And those of you who've been to the seminar or at Balboa, you know, Callie. So it was, a. Uh, it just kind of fell in line and really allowed us to create something special. So we definitely had a CrossFit football biased gym going on, but uh, we built some strong, fun, hardworking individuals and something to be proud of. Nice. Nice. And it, you totally went in a hundred percent and wound up on the coaching staff uh, where you actually get to go, you know, with, with Luke and Callie and Ben and teach these certs. What, uh, what element do you bring? Do you, do you feel that you bring to the certs? Charisma, personality, sense of humor, looks, uh, <laughs> vertical jump. Let's see what else. Uh, one-liners. <laughs> one-liners are important. You got to have those. Yep. Um, so since, since coming on, I've made a full transition into college strength and conditioning. So I, can give just different experiences. I know a lot of the ones examples we use at the CERT are from uh, CrossFit Balboa, some professional athletes that have come in. So I'm at a disadvantage being on the East coast and not being a part of the staff just every day. So I've had to really just pick up some ground, but working with some, some athletes, some collegiate young people that can really adapt easily and be challenged. That's really just jump my progress and I kind of bring those examples to the cert. I work with more sports than football so I can bring different examples of how this program carries over to different sports, lacrosse, even rowing. So mm-hmm. I think that element really helps this program and people see it as more than football or CrossFit. And not only that, a lot of people have this perception, Denny, that in collegiate strength and conditioning, everybody's got it figured out. And we're hearing back from techs who's been involved in a couple of clubs. Like it's not that there definitely is a better way to approach some of the, some of the things they're doing in some of these programs. But uh, just, just like when John talks about what they did at, at the NFL, once they get into training camp, what their strength and conditioning would look like, you know, it's not this crazy, like what you see on Under Armour commercials. It's, it's about not hurting your players. It's about keeping your million dollar athletes healthy and uh, moving well and keeping everything oiled and greased. So, yeah, it's uh, it's completely different from the, the CrossFit scene kind of CrossFit's this health promotion, almost just getting people healthy, reaching their goals and all this. And this is 100 percent performance based. The uh, John always says that the first coach fired is the strength coach. So I, I used to take stuff way too seriously. And Callie will tell you as soon as she went out to California, it's a whole different atmosphere, but I really, I really love the college scene because every day I have to be on point. 
hundred percent because I can't hurt anyone. It's, it'd be my ass. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's a whole different training atmosphere. Performance is everything. And I love it. Yeah. And you know, kind of going along with the idea of, of maintaining, uh, like a collegiate athlete, I, I can kind of get some background as to the article that you recently posted on powerathlete.com, uh, the importance of a warm up. You even termed a pre warm up warm up. And uh, it kind of makes sense when your responsibility for these athletes is a, you know, safety, you're, you're going to spend the extra time warming them up. Um, I really like how you kind of separated stability and mobility, defined each one, and then went and presented, um, you know, some, some data as to the importance of, of the progressions in both and why and how they translate into on the field. I thought that was great. Um, how, I mean, how long did it take for you to write an article like that? I mean, I went pretty in depth. Um, well, I didn't, I didn't think it was in, in depth at all. I even told Luke, uh, this, this is just a, a summary almost, but, uh, it just a couple of days, but I've been having these thoughts for a long time and, uh, I'm just starting up with the second, uh, college club right now and just seeing how they do things differently. And, uh, I'm not in a position to enforce my opinions at all right now. So just, um, just I wanted to get some thoughts on paper about warmups and how important they are for not only just getting guys ready to lift, but also that how to lift properly, how to move properly and how that weight room, that link to the field is not there unless you're moving properly, you're lifting properly. So I just really wanted to kind of express, get some, get something off my chest. that has been bothering me and I can't really say anything yet, but, um, it's important and there is a missing link out there. So we're trying to fill that gap, fill that void for strength and conditioning. Yeah. Uh, and there was some talk on the CrossFit football blog too. I think it was between dreadlocked and maybe John G and they were talking about how they, they're both sounds like they're both CrossFit coaches and they, how do they implement some of the the uh, in, information that you learn at the CrossFit football seminar into a more general uh, CrossFit class? I know I kind of have the same uh, challenge. You know, it's I take posture and positioning and try and emphasize that in our CrossFit classes at A3. You know, we take about ten or fifteen minutes. Uh, to do our version of a dynamic warm up, and depending on what movements we're going to do, is going to be determine how that uh, warm up is structured. And what you're calling like positioning or posturing, I kind of call that joint integrity. And right. I, I think that's important. And it is kind of a, you know, in a world where everything's rushed and, you know, we want everything in a second it's easy to kind of go into a workout and want to hurry up, warm up, and then start, you know, banging some weights. And, you know, some of the clients I have a challenge with at our gym is to kind of have them understand that this kind of training isn't like, 
you know, uh, bodybuilding where you have like back and by day or something like that, you're going to go in and just kind of do this shit warm up. You know, this is more like a, an athletic endeavor and you have to warm up properly like an athlete would to perform these, you know, the strength wads and the daily wads. And it's, you know, you called it a pre warm up, warm up. And man, you know, Steve, he talks about how, it, you know, he, his warm up is like 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> You know, on the days where I can train for two hours, yeah, I take I take a much longer warm up and really, really get everything firing and really work on the you know the mobility and stability. And on the days when you know I, I only get about an hour, I I still will designate you know I'll sacrifice something just to warm up properly because it's uh you know if I get injured that that kind of puts me in the back burner for a while and. You know, all of us that have like pulled a muscle or tweaked something, we all know that that sucks when you you got to kind of sit back and rest up for a while. Exactly. That's the approach a lot of people take is they hate warming up. They just want to get right into it. So they do some half-assed warm-up with a negative attitude and they don't benefit from it. I uh, think we're just trying to bring some light to how important that 5, 10, 15 minutes that you spend that you can take so much advantage of it and really – get a lot out of it. So we're just trying to create some awareness there that, Hey, instead of approaching this with a negative attitude, let's get something out of it. And the posture and position that's, that's weightlifting, challenging your posture and position with the heavy load. But now let's take it and challenge it with different movements that will not only get you stable in certain joints, but also mobile. Well, I mean, it's just another opportunity to get better. Yeah, it's, it's the difference between just going through the motions. Text outlined the, the purpose for a warm up, depending on whether you're in a group training atmosphere or selfishly you're training on your own on your own time. You you need to elevate heart rate, stimulate central nervous system, increase core temperature. But uh, in terms of the, those are more of like the superficial approaches to weight, the the warm up. This is also your opportunity to improve your your ability to separate your shoulders from your hips. It's your opportunity to improve positioning. It's your opportunity to do some isometric holds, strengthen your trunk. A lot of people are weak in their trunk. Where do they work on it? GHD sit-ups and ab mat sit-ups? I mean, that's flexion extension. That's bullshit. You you don't do flexion extension when you're squatting, you're mobilizing. So all this stuff is, you go to our seminar, you're going to see the warm-up series, you're going to see all this stuff that we're putting out there. You're going to see that this is your opportunity to build skill on skill. And if you're an athlete, text, you hit it right on the head, dude. This is your opportunity to kind of connect the dots. You have the training you're doing in the weight room. And then the movement that you perform rep after rep on the field and practice and game day. Like the, the warm up is a great opportunity to build a bridge between those two. And, uh, but it's hard. It's boring. It's not sexy. There's no cool names to it. People don't get peeled off the floor. It's, and it's easy to quit on. You know, when the, when you're racing the clock, the clock, and uh, you got like uh, you know Slipknot blasting on the radio, and your buddy spitting in your face, and mm-hmm. you guys are doing a hundred thrusters or something like that's fun. It's intense. You're never gonna quit, but you'd be amazed how many people quit in these warmups when we roll them out at the seminar. And they say it's the hardest thing. Uh, what else do they say? Facts like they they're humbled in the fact that they can't move correctly. They don't even understand what position they're in. Yeah. Telling them to get your shoulders organized and they're going, they are. And let, you know, 
their deltoids are in their earlobes and they're not retracting depressed. It's like, uh, it's just, it's a huge, uh, even, even like in the comments on your post text where people's warmups are. That's, that's why I listed that question. I told him list your warm up. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted, I was expecting these kind of routines. Warm up shouldn't be a routine. It should be set movements for that uh, workout, whether it's squat prep, bench prep, but then you should be challenging yourself each and every time to increase that awareness in whatever joint or movement you're doing, increase that stability and mobility throughout the movement. So that's why I wanted them to post it so we can really see, hey, those are routines. Yeah. And and I, I, people are going to be like, oh, I've been doing it wrong the whole time. I'm such an idiot. No. I mean, you're avoiding injury. You're, you're hitting those those improving, uh, you know, increasing central nervous system, elevating heart rate, increasing core temperature, doing all the things you need to do to stay safe during your workout. What we're saying is it's just not optimal. And at the end of the day, that's what this whole thing's about. You know, it's really is no frills. Um, there's not a lot of complexity to it, but it takes a lot of discipline to operate under optimal circumstances day in and day out. And, what we realize is it's not super sexy to do that sometimes, but guess what? It'll make you better. We see it. We see it in our training. We see it in our athletes training. We hear feedback from people who've been to the seminars. I mean, it's, it's all really cool stuff. So. Yeah. The, I took a kind of a end of the year survey with the past athletes that I worked with. And the biggest thing that they, they said, the number one thing was just increased body awareness. Yeah. So when their sport coach made a specific correction that they needed to make. They made that body adjustment instead of just trying to and not realizing what they were doing wrong. So it just really increased that body awareness. And that's really a big part of this. Improving performance is knowing what you're doing right, knowing what you're doing wrong. But, uh, exactly. I mean, I get that question too. When, when we're when I'm warming up a group and you know, they're doing like a Spider-Man stretch or, or whatever. And they're asking me, what's the purpose of all this, you know, or, or like the child pose ever since you guys posted that video, I, I thought it was a great movement. And, uh, you know, I got to go through this explanation of how it, it correlates into everything. Um, you know, you guys preach, uh, the, the neutral spine and the pull-ups, you know, and, Every like, uh, you know, we have like an elements course for the new people coming in. And that's the first thing I tell them, you know, neutral spine, don't try to reach your chin over that bar. And uh, everybody does it. (laughs) And even after I explain it, they still do it. It's some kind of natural, you know, instinct to to reach for that, that chin over the bar thing. Drives me crazy. But I can understand where it comes from. You know, nobody's ever really this kind of talk to these people and explained it, you know, right. nobody explained like head, head position and movements. You know, if your neck is flexed, it causes like a reflex relaxation in the erector muscles of your back, which can be potentially dangerous in a, you know, in a lifting movement, like a squat or a deadlift, you know, keep that spine neutral, you know, everything, the, the body's all one piece, right? Exactly. I think mean, you said, Luke, like the, you guys take the one joint principle. Fantastic approach, you know, and uh, that idea of default. So that one joint principle, 
people's default, if they're reaching their chin over the bar during a, a strength pull up, then guess what's going to happen when you hit the, hit the start button. So it's really the warm up is an opportunity every day to challenge your default, reset it and just practice it over and over and over until it just becomes the natural habit, just that neutral position, tight trunk and moving around that. That's awesome. All right, fellas, well, let's switch gears here. Uh, there was some I, I, do, I do want to make one more point. Uh, I was actually oh. reading an article this morning, and then it was about joints, mobility, and stability. And the point is mobility, you should focus, these joints you should focus on for mobility is ankle, hip, thoracic spine, and the genohumeral joint, that shoulder. And then joint stability you should focus on are knee, the lumbar spine and your scapulas. So just wanted to close on that point. Nice. That makes sense. That's awesome. Cool. Luke, you got anything to add to that or? I guess, uh, you know, we built up a little bit of hype on in terms of that warm up series, Tex and I are hashing out what to, uh, you know, a lot of this is kind of our premium content that we, we go over at the seminar. So we're just going to give a couple previews over the next uh, maybe three weeks. We'll put out three or four videos about some uh, specific warmups that you can go through and just start talking about what exactly they're training. And uh, so keep your eyes peeled on that. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So there was some talk earlier on the, on the CrossFit football blog about how to, sub in prowlers for runs ah uh, yeah yeah so what was uh Danny, did you have the web page up or no i don't i can obviously go there i think it was uh the, the question was something like he's a grad school student he's been following crossfit football he bangs weights but some days he's just trashed instead of a d-wad can he throw in a prowl um and i you know i i saw the comment pop back with what are you training for and it all kind of sorted itself out but throwing understand what the DWOT is for. It's your opportunity. It's our opportunity to program a couple of things, the accessory work. It's our ability to, to work on psychology discomfort. It's our ability to add some volume to the overhead lifts, but you know, it's, it's kind of a Swiss army life for us. If at the end of the day, you're trying to get sweaty and you just need to kind of do your thing. Crawlers are great. We do them all the time at, at our gym. The great thing about them is at least for me, uh, just like, just like, man, his name's escaped me, but just like you said that, you know, there's no eccentric loading, the prowler, the rower, row intervals, it's a great way to get sweaty, kind of build up uh, a little metabolic base and not trash yourself for the rest of the week. So especially if you're feeling a little trashed or drained and you just want to get some hard work in, doing a couple prowler ladders or prowler pushes would be a good option. But uh, if let's say we program a run, Crawlers and running are not the same thing. What do we say at the seminar text? Train fast, be fast. Train fast, be fast. Train slow, be slow. <laughs> I didn't know if we lost you, but you're like, we say about 5,000 things and we say 400 of them are fast and furious quotes. But one of those things is, you know, train fast, be fast. If you, the reason we program runs into the program is to improve your speed, to get you faster at running. Uh, not better at running 400s, not better at running 800s, it's to get you faster overall. So whenever we do program a run, you should be running at at full speed, as fast as you can, as fast as your body's going to let you. Um, 
So pushing a sled or dragging a sled or pushing a prowler isn't going to elicit that same sort of training response, but it will uh, it will get you all tired, sweaty, and, and ready to puke. Yeah. So if running conditioning days, could you do prowler too? Uh, yeah, I guess on volume run days or conditioning days, you could throw a prowler in there. If you know you're not going to be hitting maximal effort, or you're not going to be hitting top speed, and that's not the point of the workout, then throwing a prowler. But uh, and then at the end of the day, if you really don't care about running and you really like prowlers, then do all the prowlers you want. You know. What are you training for? <laughs> <laughs> but, I know uh, I'm training for the team series next weekend. No big deal, Denny. No big deal. I mean, you can only win two grand and some power athlete plates, a prowler, some it's, swag. Dude, I'm telling you, this is the best competition available. I don't know why people aren't are uh, aren't just chomping at the bits and these things aren't already packed and sold out. I know we got like 20 teams for Naperville, so it's going to be a big event. We have five spots left. So if anybody's trying to get in on that one, uh, they well, better you know, We just had the, um, our regionals were last weekend. Yeah, so, people, so there should be a whole slew of CrossFit athletes just ready to sign up for the team series. Do it. Yeah, I know there's a bunch in a bunch in Texas. Yeah, Texas, like there was like 15 signups or something, like crazy signups right after regionals popped. So awesome, awesome. And I tell you, man, I've just been like working prowlers and prowlers and prowlers, and it makes me sick. And I, <laughs> I can <laughs> right. I mean, it just crushes me, but, um, I, you know, I, I tend to recover from them pretty fast and I never really thought of the zero eccentric loading, you know, which, which is what you're saying is why you can recover, you know, uh, at a, you know, pretty fast. Um, that's freaking awesome, man. Of course it doesn't make me feel any better knowing that in about an hour, I'm going to, I'm going to go to a three and start pushing that thing again. But <laughs> It is what it is. Yeah, it is, dude. It's, what's the what's keep the grand prize? Two grand. Yeah, grand prize, baby. It's it's worth it. It's worth it just to just to go experience it. You know, I mean, for for the people who aren't athletes who who follow, um, you know, CrossFit football, follow the workouts. I mean, right to the detail, so so anally. You know, if it's nice to to be presented like an opportunity to display all that hard work that you've been, you know, that you've been putting in the sacrifice at home and and, uh, you know, going to bed early and just doing all that. I mean, if you're just doing it for pure aesthetics, you know, I mean, great. But, you know, thank you for for putting, you know, and Callie and. And text, you know, I mean, thank you guys for putting together, you know, a chance for uh, us to kind of go to these competitions and and kind of put ourselves out there, you know, hey, Dan, the movements Dan, that we've been practicing. I mean, it, it's phenomenal. And everybody's got to kind of seize that moment, in my opinion. Anything for you and text. What do we say at the seminar? You're killing me here. People helping people. People helping people. <laughs> people helping people. It's powerful, powerful stuff. Uh a nice warm, warm moment on Power Athlete Radio. I love people you helping too, man. people. I love you too. <laughs> I'm gonna go grab my pink blanket and uh, kind of, you know, curl up next to your barbell. Curl up next to it with my barbell. <laughs> uh, we had a, a pink prowler at the the Baltimore team series. I think 
Yeah, that was uh, is that was that the winning prowler? Negative. I think they got last. Oh, that's bummer. <laughs> the winning prowler had the GoPro strategically placed. Yeah, dude. How about that? It was. Uh, we got a ton of video. There's gonna be some killer videos once I have enough time to go through all this stuff. But um, anyways, Danny, what else do we got to cover, man? Uh, we got a power athlete radio submission. Okay, what's up? Dave Smith. He says, in the spirit of the question, what are you training for? I am curious to hear your thoughts on my question. I know the CFFB training was developed by John and uses his experience as an O-lineman in the NFL. It is easy to see how his training can benefit all positions, not just O-linemen. I am a defensive back, and I'm curious to hear if you would recommend any adjustments to the CFFB training based on position. If so, what, why, and ECG. <laughs> Thanks for all the help, the website, and everything. All right, so uh, I guess to clarify, yeah, John was an offensive lineman, and, and the training methodologies and the philosophies that we implement are not necessarily based off his, his experience as an offensive lineman. It's his experience as training as a professional athlete. So right. when these guys would be in the off season and training together, um, it it wasn't necessarily position specific. Everybody needs to improve upon the same biomarkers of performance. Where the individualism would come into is, okay, what what's jacked up on this guy? What's broken on this guy? What do we have to fix on this guy? But the training's designed to make you stronger, faster, and more powerful, regardless of whatever position you play. That's why Texas lacrosse guys. They get benefit from it. That's why tactical guys, they get benefit from it. We even had a couple of baseball players. A baseball player recently wrote into John saying that uh, he's smashing it because of the program. So it's really the name is CrossFit Football because of John played football. But the training system itself is geared towards any power athlete, any athlete that's going to benefit from these things. So what changes would we make? I wouldn't necessarily change anything. Um, there's Maybe only there's scale, only scale, but if he's a smaller guy, but that's probably about it. Yeah, if, if the weight's too much, uh, you can scale it back. But you know, everybody remembers uh, remembers John's post about scaling, and, and you know, life doesn't scale, sport doesn't scale. But um, mm-hmm. it, at the end of the day, the training also has to be safe. You know, so. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily change anything. And again, the, the role of this site as being a strength and conditioning resource and the program that is CrossFitFootball.com, it, it's sport agnostic, like I said. So well, when you go do your skill work or when you're in your training camp or when you work with your sport coach, you do your sport-specific type stuff. And we don't pretend to get you in football shape. That's what your sport is for. Yeah, practice gets you in shape. Right. So, I, I, do you think I answered that question there, Denny? I do. I do. I, you know, maybe he's thinking as a defensive back, he needs to have more running or something like that. But even, you know, even most football plays are five to 10 seconds, you know? So, we you know, when I read this email, I know. I kind of get the feeling maybe he's saying, you know, as a defensive back, do I need to increase my endurance or something like that? 
And the answer would be no. You know, like the the programming, you know, an offensive lineman is going to be, you know, short bursts of power for, you know, five to ten seconds maybe. Same thing for a defensive back, you know. You're going to start from your athletic posi- position, backpedal, explode, um, maybe go 100% for a few seconds, then you're going to slow down and go back to the line and do it over again, you know, 90 times in a, in a game. Yeah, essentially, global training is energy systems and movement. Those are universal, you know, and if you have, if you have good movement, and uh, you have a big motor and you're high horsepower and you can do it over and over again, then then you've got the components. And once practice starts, he's going to do that 100 times during practice in that two, three hours. So that's when he's really going to get his reps and reps and reps and conditioning for his position specifically. So during the off season, we're just getting him strong, powerful, fast. And when he really gets into that sports specific stuff, uh, he'll be ready. So never go into season in shape. The your practice will get you game ready, game shape. Awesome, awesome. Well, I think that's it for the show. Uh, you know what? Episode thirteen. I mean, we're we're stepping up with the big boys now. Yeah, it's we're teenagers, dude. Like we teenagers. are teenagers. Do you remember, Denny? Do you remember what you were doing when you were thirteen? What was I doing? I was playing football. <laughs> Dude, when I was 13, I, I think I wanted to be a ninja or something <laughs> like that. I was outside playing, climbing trees. Yeah, dude. I I think I was uh, I was trying to be I was trying to skateboard. Like I've grown since I was 13. I was way too big to do that shit, man. Uh, Tex, where were you at when you were 13? Uh, just starting weightlifting, man. Seventh grade, Texas football. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Rusted, hot weight room. Two doors, yeah. no windows. And they didn't they have like boot hangers for you so, to hang your boots and spurs and your six shooters? You're joking, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. And hey, dude, good good news, guys. Um, we we got some good news from the folks over at Skull Candy. They're sending us some headphones and headsets. And we got some feedback from Rob on how he gets his show to be all sexy and, and premium quality. So hopefully by episode 14, we are going to be the real deal. So we're going to be set up with some gear. We have the know-how. We have the technology. Now we just have to put it into practice, and uh, it's going to be we're going to be rocking some solid sound quality. Taking over the earth, dude. One one podcast at a time. That comment goes back to episode one, right? Taking yeah. over the earth, world domination world domination but, well uh, i got nothing else guys what do you what do you guys got going on this weekend denny what are you doing this weekend uh i you know what i'm a, we got our team training on sunday saturdays my little girl's birthdays i got a two-year-old and a one-year-old and uh the, the two-year-old was born june 4th the one-year-old was born june 30th so we're just gonna kind of combine their parties and uh, we're doing that Saturday. And then, like I said, Sunday, it's just going to be team series training and, uh, you know, pushing prowlers, benching heavy, you know, nice. all that fun stuff. Nice. Tex, what, what you about you guys? My, uh, this is my first real weekend off in Austin, so I'm going to go exploring. Nice, dude. <laughs> go find an adventure. Get yourself in trouble, but stay out of it. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, can't get in trouble here. <laughs> yeah, we, it, me, Ben, and Callie, we're we're getting up, we're jumping on a plane tomorrow at six thirty out of LAX, and we get finally land in Rhode Island at like five thirty, six o'clock. So uh, the adventures won't sue, and uh, most likely probably be a great experience. We got a seminar of like 30, 35 people over in Rhode Island, and uh, we're gonna knock it out of the park and. And open some people's eyes to the to the world power athlete training system and, and CrossFit football training program. That's awesome, power athlete man. It reminds me real quick before we uh, we call it a show. A couple weeks ago, I went down to the Alico Sport Train Sport Training Center in Chicago, and I was lifting weights with John North and a few other people, and and he he asks um, the group. He's like, uh, how many people, you know, are like, are CrossFitters? And a few kind of raise their hands. And, and I didn't raise my hand. I don't consider myself a CrossFitter. And then he's, he's like, well, what about weightlifters? And then a few raise their hands. And he looks at me and he's like, well, you know, what's up with you, man? What, a, you know, what are you? And I thought about it for a second. And I was like, I'm a fucking power athlete, man. And he just lit up, dude. He loved that answer. Awesome, you know? dude. So we power athletes taking over the world. <laughs> I mean, but I, you know, it, I wasn't trying to be like cliche, but I mean, I really sat and thought about it for a minute. Well, how would I define myself? You know, and it's exactly what, uh, you know, you guys are preaching. That's how I define myself as a power athlete, you know? Yeah. And, uh, he, he got a big kick out of that. And then we went and PR'd and snatching clean and jerk. No, Denny, I'm in the same camp. Uh, I visit, uh, you know, usually people visit CrossFit gyms. I kind of search out universities and lift with other coaches, and I definitely define myself as a power athlete. Um, uh, I know this question I didn't answer, but what are you training for? And yeah. What I'm training for is basically spread the good word of the power athlete because um, coaches, they see strong kids all the time, but they don't always see good movement. So I want to be a strong kid with good movement. So that's what I'm training for and just spreading the good word for power athlete. You're the man, Tex. I like it. I'd also like to ask if there's any other collegiate strength and conditioning coaches that use our program. Um, coming out of the woods, let me know where you are. I'd like to talk to you. There you have it. All right, awesome, gentlemen. Guys. Good show. I think that's a go. I bet you, I bet you Steve's going to feel like he's missing out. This I know is such a good show. <laughs> I know he he'll be back and ready to kick some ass next week. Yeah, for sure. But uh, all right, guys. Well, I got I got to run. Cool. So, yeah. All right. Well, thanks, thanks, thanks for, for joining Texas. Good to talk to you. And uh, we'll yeah. talk to you guys next week. Yes, sir. All right. Take care, guys. All right, guys.